0: One of the things that you hear in the, the marketing world around weight loss or building a business, like they're, they're very similar, is this is the one way to do it. It's like, no. <laughs> so like even these tools of self-discovery, it's like, I have things that work for me. <laughs> I don't know what's going to work for you. We could probably figure it out together. But there's this hyper dependence on the world to show us the path like, yes, oh, just do this. That actually cuts us off from ourselves. Like if you're my advisor or you're my weight loss coach, I'm like, hey, what do I do? And you just tell me what to do. And it works like it actually works. What happens when we part ways? I'm screwed. Same thing in business, same thing in life. So we have, I'm not saying that mentors and seeking other people isn't helpful. It is. But knowing yourself is the most valuable thing that you can have in this world. And to know yourself, you have to you have to explore yourself. And in order to explore yourself, it's going to be mucky, and you're going to jump in the mud, and it's going to be it's going to hurt. <laughs> That's all part of
1: the experience. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Konstantin Morun, and today we're joined by Luke Rasmo, a mindset and performance coach, speaker, writer, musician, and performer. Luke is passionate about helping individuals break free from barriers empowering them to craft life's rich, in-depth impact and legacy. In today's conversation, we dive deep into the realms of personal growth, challenging and overcoming limiting beliefs, the transformative power of embracing discomfort, and the art of conquering fears to chase one's dreams. We also venture into the profound impact of the subconscious mind and the pivotal role of perspective shifts gear up for a conversation that's not only enlightening, but is bound to resonate deeply and inspire action. Let's get started. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Luke Roswell to the show. Luke, We can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your Unleashed moment, the moment you knew that you were on the path to becoming the best version of yourself. Luke, it's a pleasure to have you with us. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm super excited. Yeah, likewise. (laughs) So, Luke, I know you have an amazing journey, right? You've, You've transformed your life in the last few years, and I can't wait to hear more about it and, of course, to share your beautiful story with the audience. I love that you say transformed, like it's, it's like done. And
0: it's like, no, man, it's like transforming. It's no. this, it's this never ending thing. I told you before we just move right? It's literally unpacking boxes. There's no end when, when you, when you jump in the flow, that's where, that's the transforming process. So there's, it's a continuous process.
1: And I love you that you say that because in my journey so far, I've seen the same thing. You're learning, you're growing, you're transforming, you're unleashing the best version of yourself. And I always wonder, will the learning stop? And then I had an aha moment one day and I said, wait, if the learning stops, right, the transformation stops, that, that means the growth stops as well. And why would you want the growth to stop?
0: Well, it's funny because I think – my life, certainly, and I think a lot of the lives of the people around us, we actually live a life where we we have stopped the growth. There's, If you look to the natural world, like go look outside your window and go see a tree, Like what, what does it do? It grows. Yes. It just grows. It's like, well, th- that's what we're here to do is to grow. And I think a lot of us get sort of like stuck in a rut, stuck in old patterns, stuck in beliefs that don't serve us. And so I don't think it's by conscious choice that we decide to like, exit the flow of life but that's it becomes very very painful so that was you know that's where i live most of my life and so as a result my life felt very small and and painful in its own way and growing everybody's process is different everybody's you know growing towards different things growing within themselves in different ways but i think one of the things that gets it gets romanticized like oh i'm on this beautiful path of growth it's like it's not always comfortable. Like that—that's what growing is—is is stretching beyond your comfort zone. And the 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 way that you catch up to where you want to be is to grow. That could be
1: that presents its own challenges, and I think it's worth just commenting on. No, I think that's such an important point to make. That look because you right, it does get romanticized, and more so I see in social media these days, and the news, and anyone else you, you watch movies even. They make it look so easy. They make it look like you can follow a three-step program and you can be done. Or even worse, in my opinion, they make it look like someone else can do the work for you. And that's the part I fell for in the past myself. I'm like, cool, I'll buy this program. This guru is going to coach me and I have to do nothing. I just have to show up and then my life will transform
0: it's it's like the ultimate scapegoat it's like if you want to get fit you don't go hire a trainer and then get them to work out for you it's like hey here's the thing to do in the gym you know you might have somebody that a mentor or something that can say hey maybe we should explore this or do this and and but but then you got to show up and do it and and again that's not comfortable that 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 is uncomfortable the very thing that we need to do is the very thing that we've probably spent our entire lives or our recent lives avoiding because we know that it's not going to be comfortable. But again, that's where the growth happens.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent. So tell us where then your journey starts, because I know you said that most of your life you were living in a space where you were happy with yourself or your circumstances, right? You were feeling less than you should be feeling. So tell us a bit about that stage first, actually, before we jump into the transformation piece and where it began.
0: Yeah. Every, every butterfly needs, you know, the caterpillar stage. And I spent what feels like a long time in that stage. Yeah, so growing up, we were like dead broke. We, we didn't have any money. And my household was, it was kind of scary sometimes. Like I, I didn't worry about being hit or that kind of thing, but it, it never was comfortable. There was always a sense of tension and unease in my household. I didn't recognize until sort of recently the the tremendous impacts that that had on my life, but ultimately it cultivated into this, this sense of like, there's something wrong with me and I'm missing something. There's like Constantine, he's got this beautiful life and he's got something that I don't have and there's something wrong with me. And that kind of felt like chronic anxiety that I wasn't even aware of because it was so normal. It was so normal it's like you don't recognize if you're if you spend your whole life in a hot tub you don't know how hot it is until you you get out of that hot tub it's it's the same thing it becomes our normal our normal way of being so all all part of that got roped into just a super low sense of sense of self worth low self esteem working a dead end job and just struggling to to make money and and no hope I didn't have any hope It felt like there was no way out. And yeah, man, I was really, I think I was depressed a lot of the time. And I was, I didn't know that of myself again, because it was like depression is something that other people have. It's not something that I have anxiety. It's like, no, my family's anxious. It's like, I don't have that. Like I was lucky. I missed it. It's like, no, man, you're, you're not self-aware enough to realize just how unhappy you really are.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, and I love you mentioned that because I mean, I, I was in the same situation even as I, as I was last year, really. That's, that's when I, where I've been. And it's in the moment, it's hard to realize that. And it's not until you become aware that you can make a change of it. So when did you truly become aware of all these things that were happening in your life and these limiting beliefs that you had from those early childhood memories, your yeah. years in your life? Hey, it's Konstantin here. And I want to take a brief moment to truly thank you for being a part of this incredible journey of transformation. You are the reason we are creating this content. I see you and I appreciate you. Your support truly means the world to me. I want to ask you for a small favor. I'd love for you to join our mission by hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a thoughtful comment or review. Your engagement helps others discover these insights and together we can continue to unlock the power of authenticity and personal transformation and if you want to reach out directly to me send me an email at constantine at i value any and all feedback thank you for being a part of this movement now back to the episode so you
0: know in those movies where you have like the before picture and then the character has a revelation and then it like flash, it flashes forward like six months or like three years and they're living this beautiful life. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody sees like the in-between. Yeah, I'm still in my in-between. Th- th- like I said, there's no, there's no oh, I've arrived. It's, it's, a, it's a process. So that really started for me eight years ago. Eight years ago, and there was, a, there, was a, there was a specific thing in a specific moment. So all of the things that I talked about earlier, there was one thing that I wanted to do more than anything else in the world. And it was just simple, it's to play music on a stage. Like I wanted to play my guitar and sing in front of people, but I felt like that was an impossibility for me. Like How could I ever do that? I had so many limiting beliefs around that. I, I had beliefs about what performance was, that if I'm on a stage, then I have to play... Perfectly. like I can't make mistakes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've since learned and realized that even the best performers, they, they make mistakes. And it creates the most magical, beautiful moments on, on stage in their performance. So 28 years old, never played on stage, never played music, had this lifelong dream. I'd love to play on it. And like, when I say a stage, I mean like the tiniest stage you could imagine in front of one person. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not talking about grand aspirations here. I'm talking about minimum. the bare minimum. <laughs> and it, it, like even that felt impossible. So some, somehow I, I entered this, this, this imagination, this imagined land where I projected myself out onto my deathbed. I'm like, you know, 95 years old or whatever. And I'm looking back on my life as if I'd never... Conquered my fear. It was the the thing that I was most afraid of was to be on stage for whatever reason. And I imagined myself on my deathbed looking back saying like, you never never did it. And the idea of looking back on my life with with that regret, it was somehow worse than the fear that I was experiencing in the moment. Mm -hmm. Somehow. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to get on stage if it kills me. So I booked, I I looked up local open mics. So low stakes, low stakes. Two weeks rehearsing two songs. I don't know what songs they were. I had been writing music silently, like a a closet writer for years. But I went to that open mic and I got on stage. And I didn't die. I I came out the other side and it wasn't comfortable. Like... I don't remember being on stage. I I literally blacked out. I remember getting off stage and I remember the feeling that I had. And it wasn't this, just that I played music on stage. It was, it was more, I felt more alive than, than I ever felt in my life. And it was like, Oh my, Oh my, Oh my God. I did it. And I loved it. And then I went back the next week and then the next week. And that slowly began to like, Oh, Luke's playing shows now at coffee shops. And then, had this, I made a, I recorded a single. and it was like, well, we recorded an album. And I was like, oh, I have this music. And then we played a, a big CD release party for, with a band. And it just like, it just got bigger, bigger, bigger. And it was beautiful and fun. And that led me to a, a fundamental shift. And the shift was, if I'm afraid of something, that's my opportunity. That's my opportunity to grow. It's not like, oh, fear. It's like, oh, this is my invitation to growth. Is it going to be comfortable? No, that's where courage comes in. You got to be courageous to face the thing that scares you the most. But this led to, okay, well, you're afraid to start a business. You have to start a business. Why? Because you're afraid to. That's your area to grow. You're afraid to have a child. And like, we can get into like, well, why are you afraid of these things? Well, yeah, all of the beliefs that I have about those things. You want to pull up your limits faster than anything else? Go do something you're not comfortable doing. Because I didn't feel like I was going to be fit to be a father. I didn't want my child to grow up experiencing childhood the way that I grew up. But he's not going to because I've done so much work. I'm not the same person that I was, you know, even a month ago. So you know, we just moved. Was it was it easy? No, it, it was a lot of work. And with growing, there's there's new levels. Like my cost of living is way higher. Is that necessarily comfortable? Well, old Luke would say no, but it's it's all just an invitation. And so when you when you sh- when you see fear, and then you shift your relationship to it, it it, it beckons you forward. It's your call. That's your call to grow. So yeah. that led me on a path, and that's that's certainly not exhaustive. But realizations that I had along the way was, Luke, you've never actually felt okay. Like in your core, the core of your being, you're you're, you're not okay. You're not safe. You're not enough. These things that of uh, of uh, uh, learned these practices that I've I've developed to look within and reveal these non-truths that I held to be true about myself. But it's been a process. And if I'm being totally honest with you and your audience, which I will be again, there's not like, Oh, I'm not human anymore. I have figured it out. It's like, no, I woke up this morning for the first time in three years with dread in my stomach. Dread. It's like, what is this? What This is so, it's so familiar because I used to live with it. But then it's on the other hand, it's like, this is so unfamiliar. I, I haven't experienced this in so long. But the way that fear is my opportunity, it's like, well, this is my opportunity. And it's like, well, Luke, well, what's the opportunity? Well, to be with it, just to love it as it is, not to judge it as it shouldn't be there, not to make enemies with my experience, to hold myself in my experience. So it was a beautiful gift this morning. And rambled then you got me going
1: yeah, no man that's, that's amazing it's gonna cut you off there a couple of times and i'm like no no this is this is powerful wisdom and what i find amazing by everything that you've shared is that that's luke's story but i can relate with it and then so many i can see so many of my other friends and family members and even people i've talked to they can relate to at least some parts of that because like you said that's the human experience that we all go through of course, your insecurities might be different than mine, but at the core of it, it comes down to are we aware of them and are we tackling them? So it could be a fear, like you said, or it could be something else. But again, there's so many things to, for us to unpack here. One of the things I wanted to address right away is the idea of you following your heart around the music and doing something that you truly wanted to do And how liberating that was because that puts you on this path to become a better version of yourself, to be happy, to to find all this. And the reason I want to bring it up is because I'm a huge believer in the same thing of following your heart and the magical things that can happen after. At the beginning, when I started to follow my heart in doing this podcast and a few other things, I didn't really realize the power of it. And then every day gets better and better. Every day, despite still working a nine-to-five and having so many other commitments in life, I find more joy and more joy because everything now is tied to that purpose I found for myself or that mission in my heart that I can do. And it sounds like you found something similar. And of course, there's more to it, we'll, we'll discuss later. But I wanted to touch on that because I think that's something that a lot of people, including myself, haven't done in their life or they've started maybe late in life. And that's fine, it's never too late. But what if you could start a bit earlier? What if you could save a bit of that hard and can be on the journey earlier?
0: I love that. There's a.
1: I don't know if I came
0: up with it or if I read it somewhere and I liked it. <laughs> I honestly can't remember, but I've I've plastered it onto my experience, and I think it really holds true. So, this idea of first thoughts versus second thoughts. So, first thought is. I want to play music. I want to start a podcast. I want to leave my job that I hate. I want to start a business. I want to get to the gym. I want to be healthy. I want to start a family. I want to move across the country. I want more for myself. Whatever. First thoughts. Expansive. Exciting. There's always like a spark. It's like this. It's a spark and you feel it here. Yep. That's First thoughts. First thoughts is like let's go, (laughs) and then your head comes in, and this is second thoughts. So heart, first thought, head, second, second thoughts. Your brain doesn't want any of that for you. It doesn't want you to live this beautiful, fulfilled life. It wants you to stay exactly where you are, because it knows where it knows what that is. Your brain hates the unknown. All your brain wants is for you to be safe and. It can predict safety if you don't leave your comfort zone. That's why you feel fear. It's, a, it's, a, it's just human. But if we're able to like recognize that happening within ourselves, it's very empowering. It's very, we just normalize this human experience. So second thoughts would be like, whoa, you can't start a business. Who do you think you are? It's like, Constantine, man, you, you, what do you do to start a podcast? There's a million podcasts. Why would you waste your time with that? And, and that feeling in your heart starts to like, oh, yeah, you're right. Why
1: would I do that? Yeah, that, that happened so many times to, to me during my initial journey to start the podcast, because you're absolutely right. My brain, my ego, those components together, they want to protect you because they act on learned behaviors. And the way I like to look at it is they act on old software, if we think of it as in, in computer terms. So I'm using maybe, I'm in 2023, but maybe I'm using like Windows 98 in my brain and my ego, and I'm not allowing it to, well, it's, it's using outdated information. So then it's doing its best it can. And I think and you mentioned something important at the beginning too, is like leaving the judgment behind, allowing those emotions to come in. And if the brain says no, acknowledge it, but maybe do some digging and see why is it saying no? And I really like that idea of what you said with the first and second thoughts. It's a really good way to look at it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's empowering. It's like the, the heart calls us forward. That, that's our growth. Like the tree grows, you know, the tree grows. It, it's got one direction it can grow. We're human beings having this dynamic experience. And so our call to growth, it's not about physical growth. It's about, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual growth, if you like. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to expand our, our experience and our perspective through that experience. But the brain, it, the brain just hates that. Like, again, because it's, it's primary operative is like safety, please safety. So it's going to pump the brakes. So anytime that you engage in a change, like there's, there's two sides to the change as well. There's the external change. So different living environment, actually doing a podcast, but then there's the old identities that, that, that have kept us, have moved us along to we were, we actually have to let those go, but they're going to retaliate. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Don't, don't leave me behind. It's it's like these little deaths along the way. And that's painful. Like there's a grieving process. Again, nobody talks about that. Like that's all human and all normal. And the the more that we talk about this, the more we can Mm. see it playing out in our lives and normalize it. It's just like, because what I'm working with someone right now and, they want to leave their corporate job and they want to start a business, and she's talked herself out of it. Well, a month ago, she talked herself out of it, and like she had a lot of reasons to. <laughs> stuff happening in her life, and it's like, yeah, that that's normal. The brain wants to go back to what it knows, so the first thing that it's going to do is talk you out of your dreams. That's the first thing it's going to do because it needs you to be safe. But it's like, oh, when we see that, it's like, well, can we? Do you want to still? Like, how do you feel about this business opportunity? It's like, oh, I feel amazing. It's like, okay, let's step into that. It's, it's not black or white. It's this nurturing process. It's like, hey, dip your toe in. It's Jumping all the way in for most people just doesn't work because that old brain will pull them back so quickly.
1: Yeah, the first setback, I would imagine, right? Like as soon as you see something that doesn't work, your brain kicks in and it's like, yeah, I told you so. Let's stop now. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I it's love like, oh, that. You said
0: notice it. So that's really important is um, I like to notice and name these old roles, these old identities, these old patterns that don't serve us anymore. Um, one of them is judgment. So there's judgment of others, but there's also judgment of self. And anytime. So this morning when I was having some feelings in the past, I'd be like, oh, you shouldn't be feeling this way. Mm-hmm. There's an implicit statement there. And this is really powerful for for everyone if if they learn to to utilize this tool. I'm invalidating my own experience. I'm not okay with what is. Mm. So that's the ultimate dismissal of my experience. And I'm doing it to myself. So the practice is like, especially when ugly stuff comes up. It's like, I could be with this. I love this too. Because I, I imagine those roles, those old characters so judgment's a beautiful one my judgment's name is judge judy yeah of course Judge judy. she's the best <laughs> yeah because you know what she is she's like you know exactly what that character is so as soon as you name it you externalize that role it's not you anymore it's not like oh i'm such a judgmental asshole it's like oh there here's judge judy judge judy's here to play and it's like you know her because you're laughing it's like well my brain knows too so now i have a choice Do I want to continue to play out the role of judgment, which lays the seeds to guilt and shame, which are in and of themselves patterns, but they weigh everything else down? They weigh our experience down. Or do I want to practice some love and compassion? Do I want to bring a little bit more love to my experience today? A little bit more love to Constantine, a little bit more love to my family. And when you look at these things like little children, it's like I got a three-year-old, little Rex. If he comes up to me and he's crying, he's hurting. Like my stomach hurt this morning. Like it was uncomfortable. And if I'm like, yo, kid, you shouldn't be this way. It's not okay to cry. Well, I'm invalidating his experience. But that makes a lot of sense when we talk about a kid. But I'm I'm saying, hey, take that idea and then apply it to yourself. And that's a practice. Because part of you is going to revolt. But be like, no, I, I, I need this judgment. It's like, it's not working
1: for you the way you think it is.
0: It just hurts.
1: <laughs> yeah, and usually what it means is you're also repressing emotions and feelings, right? Because if you're judging yourself, you're just pushing things down and you're reconfirming the fact that it's not okay for these feelings to show up. And then they go deeper and deeper and then eventually they'll blow out. And I, I talk from first-hand experience with that because I know exactly how it feels. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I'm sure we not the only was right? Like people no. in the audience, I'm sure will will pick up on this as well because again, this is not something that anyone teaches you and you pick it up on your young, right? Like if I yeah. wants to come up to you and you did that intentionally or unintentionally, most of the time it's unintentional, right? Because you want the best for your child or whoever is raising them. And these learned behaviors now getting printed.
0: Yeah. And now we're stuck with them and it's just our normal experience. And I was talking with someone yesterday about safety. So she, she doesn't feel safe. So it can be, it can be helpful to know where that, like where that came from. The truth is like, we'll probably never truly know because our memory is so fallible. Um, but ultimately, it's like, wow, we're, we have this experience now of, and we did some work to get to this. So it wasn't, usually people are very unaware of, okay, I'm not, I don't feel safe. But in her lack of safety, safe. she, because that identity needs evidence to mm. self-sustain, and that's how the brain works. It, it looks for and creates evidence to support the story that it's telling about the world in itself her brain automatically filters information coming in. So conversation that she has and she feels threatened. That person's not saying anything threatening. It's her interpretation built off this model of like, well, I'm not safe here. And so it, it, starting to do this work and understand like how these things get reflected back to us can be incredibly powerful and liberating. But there's also a stage where when we become aware of it, it, it we, When I realized just how anxious that I was day to day, it was like almost crippling because I wasn't aware of it before. And now that I'm aware of it, it's like, holy holy cow. This is here all the time. Or we have a contrasting experience. Like I remember the first time that I felt safe and I was like, oh my, I can just be myself. Like what's going on here? I was in this beautiful community and group uh, with, with two of my mentors in this space that they created. And I was like, why do I feel so good? Like, why do I feel so good? And then I went back home. And and this wasn't that long ago. This was within the last year. When I got back home with my family, my nuclear, my my wife, my my child. And I was like, I, what's different? And it, it took two weeks for me to realize, like, oh, oh, I don't I don't feel safe. But I only knew that because for a weekend, a weekend, I felt safe.
1: Yeah. That's powerful. And again, you touch on so many important topics there, but I wanna bring it back to that awareness piece, because this is a great example of that. You weren't aware that it was even an issue to begin with, or something you were feeling consciously, was felt subconsciously. But now, because awareness was brought up, and you now realize wait a second, there's an alternative. Now you're able to do the work on it.
0: Yeah. So we will often be conscious of things in the world. So I, I like to imagine like this, this imagery of a lake or a, uh, a weed growing up. So we have the surface, uh, whether it's, we'll use the weed as an example. So we have the weed growing out of the surface of the soil. We're aware of that. So in our lives, that might look like recurring thoughts, patterns of feeling. So we go to like feeling in the body. So throat, chest, stomach, feelings there. And most people often are are so disconnected from their felt experience. So they can take work to even dip in, dip into our felt experience. Then there's head stuff like thoughts, what's going on up here. And then there's our actions. So what we're doing in the world or not doing. So if we, if we want to be healthy, but every night we're smashing ice cream or I'm just so that's an example that's very close to home for me. Those are the behaviors that we're conscious of, yep. but that's the top of the weed as an example, or if you imagine the the surface of water, there's these bubbles that emerge from below the surface of the water, and you see the bubbles on the top of the surface, but it's like what's underneath the soil, and that's where the practice and the skill development of self-awareness comes in Uh, because if we're only ever dealing, like, let's say I have money issues. Well, that's the, that's the weed of the plant that I have. So if I'm like, Oh, let's say I have a belief that that money's hard to come by or making money's hard. And I'm working at that level. It's like, well, I can see that belief. That's pretty obvious. So what's the alternative belief? Well, making money is easy. Well, that's very superficial for most people. Usually money is not actually about money at all. It's like, what's underneath that? What's the root? And the root will resolve into um, some form of I am not statement. So it's an identity level statement that negates, that separates us off, cuts us off from life. So they'll look like I'm not safe. I'm not something, I'm not safe, I'm not enough, I'm not okay, I'm not worthy, I'm unlovable. It's a negation of self. And those for for people are at the root of of what they're experiencing and seeing in the world. I used to work with people in weight loss. There's all sorts of beliefs and identities that get ingrained through the perpetual struggle of weight loss. So I'll, do you want me to take you through like the different levels of this as a particular yeah, absolutely.
1: Why not? Yeah, it sounds very, very intriguing. So this applies
0: to different areas of life. So what is the weight, what is weight loss culture? So it says, so just imagine magazine racks or the images that you see in, in media and social media now. So just put yourself, you're checking out for groceries and you look around and you see, you know, five to 10 magazines. It's like, lose 20 pounds now. And we grew up hearing this. Lose this weight. And it's like, what's the underlying message there? It's not stated. It's underneath that. It's, so I'll tell you what it is. It's, you should be different than you are. Yeah. You sh- you're not okay as you are. You're- you should be different. Well, why should I be different? So what's underneath that? It's, it's like you're not enough as you are or you're not okay as you are. Those are typically how it resolves with weight loss. So we have this mechanism built off, off of these identity structures, which is like I'm not okay or I'm not enough. And then every action that comes out of diet culture is fluttering above the surface of that which actually strengthens it. So every time that I go to try to lose weight, I'm reinforcing this belief, this core identity. It's like, I'm not enough. So diet culture is like, well, you want to feel better about yourself? Just lose these 20 pounds. So what do we focus on in weight loss? Well, food and exercise. Do you want to know what percentage, do you know what percentage of people fail with diets? It has to be very high. I would say 90% easily. 92. Uh, yeah, yeah. 92 to 95. Do you want to know how many coaches fail in the coaching industry? About the same. It's the exact same. Yeah. Do you want to know the amount of realtors that fail within two years in the career of realty?
1: That one probably been lower than that, but probably still high.
0: It's the same. Insane, man. It's 92% across the board. So it's because we're trying to resolve an internal issue externally. So with food, we go to weight. We go to, So with weight loss, sorry, we go to weight and we go to, sorry, food and exercise. Food and exercise can't resolve the underlying issue that nobody's aware of. It will never work. And we see it not working. People go from diet to diet to diet to diet to diet. Because what's the internal narrative around diets? They, this, this isn't working. But what's underneath that? There's something wrong with me. So the question becomes, well, Luke, what happens if I let it all go? Won't I just continue to gain weight? Won't I continue to be unhealthy? It's like those thoughts are actually stemming from the belief, (laughs) the core belief that you're not okay enough as you are. Those thoughts wouldn't occur if you felt that way. It's all self-perpetuating. So This is very difficult for people, but this is where the real work is. It's like, can you resolve that at the core? And the way to do that is like, well, what if you were enough? Just as you are in this naked moment. What if you were okay? And you get them just to step into that for a second, dip their toe in. You don't need anything. You don't need to lose any weight. And then the old pattern will come up. But how do I lose weight if I'm not thinking about losing weight? It's like, no, that's just the old pattern sneaking back up. So we can notice and name that whole thing. But that's what's happening for people. Like, that's just one example in one industry. Playing out over and over. People that struggle losing weight, what do they obsess over? Food and exercise. They think about it constantly nonstop. How would it feel to give up the whole thing? It's hard to imagine. How much time yes. would you have if you weren't thinking about like your what you put in your face? What if you just easily exercised? It's hard to fathom, but that's what becomes available when we let go of this entire structure. It's a whole structure built upon this root that we're completely oblivious to because we've internalized it. It's become so, it's become unconscious. So
1: yeah, I mean, as I'm listening to you there, that's, that's really powerful. And it gets you thinking quite a bit because you're absolutely right. Most of us, and I see myself having done that quite a bit in my life, is you look outside for answers and maybe shortcuts even. Yeah. And then when you see that newspaper, like you said, a magazine, and it's like, ooh, we lose 20 pounds, you've struggled with this for so long. You're like, oh, I got to jump on that now. But it reinforces the same things you're talking about, which we're not aware of. So then nothing yeah. worse, you go to the next one, the next one, and next one. And of course, I've been there myself many times. So and, I. And,
0: Yeah. Um, I was going to say hundreds of people, but I've worked with hundreds of people that have been through that. So it's, it's, it's like almost the entire population and especially women. So like almost the entire population and especially women. Now, we just talked about one end of the spectrum. So we have this continuum of extreme obsession about like food and exercise and always struggling while on the other side of the continuum is obsession about food and exercise, but looking, looking fit, looking like, Oh, that, that person's like healthy there. What's the underlying driver in both situations? How do we know? Obsession, constantly thinking about food. Like you see this all the time in, In the fitness influencer community, it's like this hyper obsession and focus about food. Like that's common in both areas. The presentation of it looks different. We idolize one aspect of that, like one presentation of that in the world. We idolize that. like We put those people on a pedestal, which is in a way almost even more dangerous because who are we now if we're not this fit person? That's a, that's a whole nother identity structure. But the driver underneath is if I'm not this fit Jack person fit and Jack, because I obsess about my food and I obsess about exercise and my whole life revolves around those two things. What's underneath all of that in both cases often. And I'm not saying in all cases, but in a lot of cases, it's still the root of I'm not okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because, like, if I felt like enough, why would I be obsessing about my food 24 7 to look a certain way? It's like, doesn't make any
1: sense. That's, that's an amazing way to look at it. And I couldn't agree more. That's beautiful. So, then how, let's talk about this. How do you get to not obsess about it? You go deep, like you said, you look at the root cause, but how do you actually do that? How yeah, do you so help your people? You don't
0: obsess about the, if you're working at the behavior level, like you can't work at the behavior like you can try to work at the behavior level, but it's much easier just to look within and start to start to look at like, well why why am I doing this?" So we start to so this is the the skill of self-awareness. So I like to talk about self-awareness as a skill that is that can be developed. So how do we develop the, the skill of self-awareness? First of all, we need to be exposed to different ideas, different perspectives. Yeah. If I if only have my perspective, which is just a perspective in the world, then everything in, in my world will, will, will be evidence to support my perspective. So when I say perspective, I mean set of beliefs, the way I see the world, the stories that I hold about the world and myself. So I need to be exposed to different, different perspectives. So growing up, let's just say money doesn't grow on trees. That's something I heard. That's a belief. That's a perspective. Is it objectively true? Okay, so yes, there's not such thing as a money tree. But basically, if you have a business, that's a money tree. That's what business is. Like a business is, is a money tree. So in a way, like, yeah, actually money does grow on trees. But if I'm not exposed to that perspective, I don't have the opportunity to change. So these conversations can be really powerful because people can find themselves within the story and then start to reflect and say, well, does that apply to me? Now, the way that our belief structures work is it's like we challenge what, we, what we're hearing. It's like because it, it goes against the grain and we calcify around our beliefs because they form Part of us—it's our brain saying, "Hey, this is who we are. This is safe." So that's coming back to that sense of safety. This sense of identity, this set of belief structures, is safe. Is it working for me? Not at all. But it's safe. So that's all the subtext that's happening. Which means that, like, when, when you present somebody with a new perspective, the first thing that most people do is going to argue with you. It'd be like, "Of course money doesn't grow on trees." Like, look, I'm broke. <laughs> But is everybody broke? No. Okay. So we can start to pull the beliefs apart. So if you're, are you interested in defending your beliefs? Or are you interested in actually hearing a different perspective? That, that can be a beautiful place to start. I talked about the, the weed coming through the surface of the ground. Okay. So we need to be curious, not like why do, um, why do I feel like I need to lose 20 pounds as an example? What's going on within me? So we take the lens and instead of putting it on food or diet or success or whatever the thing is, we start to take that lens and we just turn it back in on ourselves. And we get very, very curious about our experience. So this is starting to look at the bubbles on the surface of the water or the weed coming out of the soil. And we're like, what would have to exist under the soil for this weed to be here? There's got to be something. Okay? So what, what is that? So one of the things that I like to do is just look at beliefs. So you can say, like, what do I believe about myself or the world in order to be feeling this way or having this experience, thinking these things? And we want to look at our feelings, our thoughts. They dance. They play together. So we'd be very curious about the two for somebody that's, like, very in their head it can be very helpful to bring them more into their body for somebody that's more like feeling it can be very helpful to start to verbalize and put words to the feelings so that we have more of a balance. And because as we explore our head and our heart together, they will, they will reveal to us the things that we've been avoiding inside and looking to solve in the world. It's painful. It's not comfortable at all. It's like, how does it feel when we really, Sink into the depth of I'm not okay. It feels like I'm not okay. Therefore, I'm going to die. It feels like death. It's akin to death. It feels horrible, like crushing. But we start to develop this skill, and it's hard to talk like very generally about this, doing this. But what do I believe about myself in the world? Analyze, looking at thoughts. What am I thinking about today? How am I feeling today? And as we continue to like look in, stuff will come up. We'll get to look at it. Hopefully let it go. <laughs> Not hang on to it and cling to it. And then actions is another one. Like, oh, why, why do I always self-sabotage? What, what, do, what would I have to believe about myself to always be crushing this ice cream? And sometimes the behavior covers up a feeling. Like sometimes I just don't want to feel sad. Because It's painful because it hurts. We don't want to hurt. We want to feel good. So it's like, well, I'm going I'm to eat this entire thing of ice cream. I'm okay with not feeling good after I eat this ice cream. Like my stomach hurts. That's, that's a better feeling than, oh, my heart hurts. So we just have to become very curious about what's going on in our lives. Talking to somebody can be very helpful. Having somebody reflect back to you and ask you questions can be very empowering. Being exposed to a conversation like this can be,
1: can be empowering. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for going uh, deeper into that. And I know it's tough to make it uh, generic because there is not one size fits everyone, but it's good to get an idea of the various methods one can look at or tools in the toolbox that could potentially help them unlock some of these darker secrets within ourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's one of the things that you hear in the, the marketing world around weight loss or building a business, like they're, they're very similar, is this is the one way to do it. It's like, no. <laughs> so like even these tools of self-discovery, it's like, I have things that work for me. <laughs> I don't know what's going to work for you. We could probably figure it out together. But there's this hyper dependence on the world to show us the path, like, yes. "Oh, just do this." Well, that, that actually cuts us off from ourselves. Like, we, I rely. If if I'm, a, if you're my, if you're my advisor or you're my weight loss coach, I'm like, "Hey, what do I do?" And you just tell me what to do, and it works. Like, it actually works. What happens when we part ways? I'm screwed. Same thing in business. Same thing in life. So we have. Now, I'm not saying that mentors and seeking other people isn't helpful. It is. But knowing yourself is the most valuable thing that you can have in this world. And to know yourself, you have to you have to explore yourself. And in order to explore yourself, it's going to be mucky, and you're going to jump in the mud, and it's going to be it's going to (laughs) hurt. That's all part of the experience. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I I love how you touched on that because you can't really rely on everyone else to give you the answer. I've been there many times. It's about coming in and realizing you have all the answers within, but that requires you to get to know yourself, like you said, and do the work so you can find those answers because we have so much knowledge within us from all the years of studying and learning and trying all the diets and trying all the business ideas and strategies. But without doing the work internally, we can't really make the most out of those tools.
0: No, because they all filter through our our stuff. the The lenses that we carry that we're not aware of of the lens of "I'm not okay," of "I'm not enough" is filtering these things in, and it um, and not only filters them, but it actually colors them because that's how lenses work. <laughs> If I put on blue-colored lenses, I see the world in blue. It's it's the same for these these identity structures.
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting point. So, how did this play out in your life? Maybe let's take your business as an example, right? Because I would love to understand yeah. some of your aha moments when you started doing some deep work in this area. It's
0: interesting. I, I thought that I'd resolved a lot of my things because I struggled with my fitness and my health for my basically my whole life. I had a, a binging pattern, over-exercise, hyper-focused on food, really, really unhealthy relationship with food. Because I hadn't done some of the deeper work that we've sort of been hinting at here, I actually brought a lot of those things into business. They just, they just looked a little bit differently. So one of the ways is if, if, I'm, if I don't feel safe, then I feel like I have to control everything in the world. I have to control and i can't i can't i can't- con- i can 't control what you say i can't control how you show up i can't i can't control anything like i i can have some semblance of control over my world but but even there, I woke up with a feeling this morning like i didn 't control that yeah exactly. so it 's like well well, when do I really have control over? It? But there's this part of me. So I notice a name Um, and it's, it's a controller. And so the controller shows up because well, I've never felt safe. I've felt safe so rarely. So when I'm talking to somebody under that identity or that, that structure, I'm trying to fit them in a box and pull them into a coaching program. It's like, and it's like, I need you to be okay. So come work with me. It'll be the best. Oh, hey, Constance, come come jump into my program. It's gonna be amazing. It'll change your life. But secretly, I need you. <laughs> so I'm trying to control everything in the world. So it's it, it's so subtle, but once you start to see it, it becomes this self-awareness, it becomes more obvious. It's like, well, why am I running the social media post like this? And it's like, because I need somebody. <laughs> I need somebody to come into my program because I'm worried about money. I'm worried about money because I don't feel okay. So things like a million different ways. Like if we were to go through the list of all the ways, we'd be here for the next two hours. But just a few things that some people maybe can relate to. Avoiding checking my my bank statements. Avoiding taxes. I avoided my taxes for two years. I didn't even recognize I was getting penalized as, as I ignored them. So procrastination is a big one for people. Just procrastinating, trying like having this sense of control and like th- this lack of ease and of flow. So everything exists on a spectrum. So on one hand of the ex- of this, of the human experience spectrum is just freedom and fun and ease and expansion. And I call it the verve of possibility, where things just feel good. And on the other hand is this this survival, which is very like controlling and needy and, and, and kind of like icky and gross. And it doesn't feel very good. <laughs> Inside, it feels like this. <laughs> and on the other side of the spectrum, it feels like this. So those are some ways that express feeling afraid to ask for money. If I'm doing like a sales call, feeling afraid to, to do that, feeling afraid that I'm going to get rejected, not inviting somebody to a call because I'm afraid I'm going to get rejected. But at the time, I wasn't aware of any of that. It was just like, uh, I, don't think, I don't think this person's ready. Instead of being like, hey, do you want to jump on a call and see if this might be a fit? To let them maybe decide what might be best for them as opposed to me telling a
1: story and then acting from that story as
0: if it were true.
1: I am beyond excited that you are finding value and inspiration here. Your support means everything to us. If you're watching this on YouTube, take a moment to click like, subscribe, or leave a thoughtful comment below. And if you're listening on our podcast platform, subscribe or leave a review, and it would mean so much to us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Unleash Thyself Today and TikTok at Unleash Thyself for daily insights and guidance on personal transformation. Your interaction helps others discover this content and fuels our mission to bring even more meaningful discussions your way. And on a personal note, I truly value and appreciate you and your thoughts. Now let's dive back into this enriching exploration. There's so much more to uncover. Um, so I can, uh, if I may, that's such a lovely example because anyone that doesn't have a business can still relate to it because most people have applied for jobs or want to apply for jobs so immediately as you're talking about it it's an idea of like oh i'm not going to apply for that job i'm not good enough or i don't have the skill set well what if you apply for it and let them decide if you're a fit or not yeah
0: Yeah. so that's a form of self-sabotage and, and, and actually it's, it's beautiful because let's just say you're used to making 60,000 or it doesn't matter the number, but let's say you're used to, you're used to making this amount of money and you applied for the job represents like a big jump. Your brain's going to talk you out of that because it represents a change. Even if it's a great change, it represents a change. So your brain's going to be like, remember first thoughts, second thoughts, what you just said were some examples of second thoughts. It's going to be like,
1: yeah, yeah. And I mean, it happened to me. I mean, I, I jumped from the startup world where I was doing well for myself to Microsoft, you know, Fortune 20 company. And when I was going for the interviews, I was trying to self sabotage myself significantly, but I allowed my heart to follow and I had the right support in my family. Good. And I could make the job. But you're absolutely right because thinking back, yes, it's exactly, it's exactly like that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's the, the brain is so powerful. It's, it's unbelievable. So.
1: I mean, it got us here, right? So <laughs> we got to give it credit to, so, to some degree. So I love Not that. Sure. No, I love, I love the examples uh, you give, right? Because I'm looking at the weed, right? And there's two elements be- below the soil that I really like in your analogy. And one is, of course, the roots and everything that's you know, she- that the weed is growing from. But it's also the nourishments, right? Everything that's in the soil. So if you don't have the right ingredients in the soil, Then you get either a smaller plant or maybe no plant at all. And I see the same as us. If we look at different parts of us as that weed or a beautiful flower, maybe, maybe it's a better example. How do we feed it enough so it becomes really beautiful? It has this amazing life cycle where it's giving us the most beautiful, fragrant flower in the world. What does it need? Attention. Right? And of course, the sun coming from the top but it also needs all those nutrients from below. And the same analogy I like to use, and actually I had this moment watching my dogs the other week. I was looking at a beautiful, massive pine tree. And I noticed that uh, the lower level, it had branches that were dying out. And then, of course, it had beautiful branches going up. And I realized that the tree didn't have a need for them anymore, and because they weren't getting sun, they were dying out. Well, how about we look at ourselves the same way and say, Hmm. there's a part of me, a belief I no longer need. So what do I have to restrict in order for that belief to go away? Like restricting the sun in the example of the tree. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not feeding it anymore that those reassuring patterns that I was doing before, right? Like to the example you gave, right? I'm not feeding it, I'm not feeding it while well, it goes away eventually.
0: Yeah, I think what you said is is true. So most of us because of the, the nature of the brain and the way that the the unconscious works. So, so so there's this, I used to really struggle with the term unconscious, like that idea. It just, just means we're not aware of something. And we can't be aware of everything because there's just too much information. The, the brain does too much. Okay. So the first step is we have to make what, whatever the root of the weed is of the weed. That that has to be made conscious. So, this is why positive affirmations don't work to, to change our lives, because that's like trying to plant a new seed, but we just ignore the weed. And we can't deal with the weed that's coming out of the soil because that's just part of it. That's just that's the result of everything underneath. <laughs> so we have to again cultivate this. this self- the skill of self-awareness. And then when we see there, so this is where the analogy breaks apart a little bit. It's not like we actually even pull the root up. We see it for what it is. And that, now we have an option. It's like, well, do we continue to live out of that pattern, out of that belief, out of those notions about ourselves in the world? Or do we practice, practice something new?
1: Yeah.
0: And that's where our power is. And there's this really toxic idea in the self-help world or the self-development world, first of all, there's no self to develop. It's a misnomer. We develop skills. Like you're beautiful, perfect as you are. That's the point. How, who are you if you're okay and enough and safe as you are? You're, you're great. There's nothing to do. <laughs> so maybe we had to develop some skills. Like, I don't know, but it's not that the, the weed or the old roles never present again. Like the feeling that I had this morning it's not, the goal is to never have those things because we're human. We're having a human experience. Yeah. So we, we, we don't make the, my, my, my goal isn't to never feel those things again. It's actually to change our relationship with them. The love that I talked about. To accept them as they are. Now, feelings are like, just like you said, like, they're like, I have a guitar beside me. So if I hit the guitar string, it rings out. And what do I do to get the guitar to stop ringing out? Nothing. I just don't. But it's the same for our internal emotional world. So if that feeling that I had this morning, which was horribly uncomfortable, like in the past, man, I don't know. Like I never was a day drinker, but like it was so uncomfortable. Like I'd do anything to get away from that feeling. Probably go exercise actually. Instead of just be with the feeling. Well, what happened when I sat with it? I had some tears come up. Truthfully, you had some tears come up. I don't have that feeling at all right now. Just like a guitar string. And then we get to practice something new. New beliefs. And the question becomes, well, like, what does that look like? And it's like, well, what do you want? What do you want for yourself? And so having a crystal clear vision for what you want in the world and who you want to be. and then developing and practicing becoming the person that that has those outcomes that that's the
1: growth that's the growth that's what we're here for yes it's almost like you're touching on the idea of finding out your why what drives you what motivates you and your purpose like what makes you the most happy in life yeah because that's kind of your target right but without having like very strict expectations around it kind of like your music example from the beginning you didn't have any big expectations around that. You just said that you want to be on a stage, let it happen. And then it evolves from there.
0: It, It evolves from there. And something that might be worth mentioning is I can only imagine based upon what I believe is possible. So I have a perspective and I can only imagine something different for myself based upon the perspective that I have. So having never been on a stage, to be honest stage, was like a flip from uh, a light off to on. But now there's like all sorts of different stages and that's like a dimmer switch. Yeah. So now I'm playing the game. So a money example, like let's say you're used to making $10,000 a month and it's like, well, if I can make 10, maybe I can make a hundred. It's like, well, I have to do different things. It's like, yeah, that's now there's your opportunity. Do you want to go there? Follow your heart, not your head. So to bring it full circle, my current music goal is to play on stage with the greatest band in the world, the Dave Matthews Band. That's my favorite band. I, can, <laughs> My heart, when I first thought that, the first thought was that would be the coolest experience that I could possibly imagine. Nothing to do with business. Nothing to do with weight loss. Not, it was like, oh, that would be like a, just an expression of my life that I would enjoy more than I, can't, I, can't, I seriously can't imagine something that I can imagine enjoying more than that. Second thoughts came in. Who would you be? How, how, who's going to do that? They're going to let you on their stage? Like, you're nobody. Oh, second thoughts. But, so th- this is, might be a cool place to end. But so back, back in the day where I was like, hey, man, you can't play on a stage, Period. Okay, well, that, that's a thought that exists here. It exists as a string of words. And I have this thought now. It's like, uh, you can't play on stage with the Dave Matthews Band, best band in the world, your favorite band. It's like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Aren't those just thoughts too? Isn't that just a belief? So that belief also exists in my mind. So what, if people really get this, it's very liberating. Are our limiting beliefs, they only seem to differ in magnitude. So playing on a stage versus playing on stage with the best band in the world, to me, the Dave Matthews band. Well, the limiting beliefs there are just thoughts. And they just exist as a string of words. One might feel bigger, but ultimately like they those ideas both exist here. Mm-hmm. So the question for the audience is like, what do you want? What does your
1: heart want? And what's getting in your way? Yeah, that's, that's a lovely message, like you said, to, to end on. And that's 100% with what I believe as well and what I want my message to be as well. Follow your heart. And to follow your heart, you, know, for, you need to know, first of all, what you want in your heart, like you said, yeah. what's stopping you from... Getting that. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, Look. So let's tell the audience where they can find more from you and if they want to work with you, if they want to see any of the content you put out.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I do like little sound bites, get people thinking on TikTok. I'm on TikTok now. <laughs> so that's one type of content. On Facebook, I, I do a lot of writing. Um, sharing perspectives. I have a, gr- a free group on Facebook that people can come and get exposed to these ideas and marinate in them uh, and be part, of a, be part of a community. If people want to have a conversation, they can reach out on Instagram or Facebook. There's only one new out there. I'm lucky that way. So you can just look me up. Now I'm running, it's a free money workshop. So I'm not sure when the, the podcast comes out exactly, but they happen every month in the second week of the month on a Sunday. So if, if they want to register for, I call it the money breakthrough workshop. And it's about looking at the beliefs that we have around ourselves and money, because it's a big one for people. And we do some, some work there. It's a workshop. So we do some work there. And if, if people want to register for that, I, I can give you the link.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes for sure. i those interested. Awesome, Luke. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, been a pleasure. I've learned so much. And I love your perspective and how you think and what you've been able to accomplish, of course. And hopefully we got the audience to think uh, a bit differently as well to see a different perspective, right? They may not agree with it fully, but let it simmer a bit. Let it uh, sit with you and see how you feel after. Of course. And I love that. But before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to add or or share that maybe we haven't touched on? I know there's a lot, but maybe any parting thoughts?
0: Yeah, you said to the audience, like, let it, let it hit you. And I'm going to say, like, let it hit you a couple ways. Like, notice, is it hitting you here? Is it hitting you here? Is there a difference? And the, the other thing that I like to invite people to is, I hate when we think that some, we put someone on a pedestal and think they have all the answers. So the, the ultimate litmus test is what do you feel? Not what do you, I don't think, what do you think, but but what do you feel? Like, does anything that's said or shared, does it resonate with you here? Like, if so, fantastic. It's, it's a great message for you right now on your journey. And if it doesn't, it's like, that's okay too.
1: It's okay. Yeah. Well, let and like you said, it's about that uh, judgment-free zone of yourself, right? If it resonates, great. Go from there. If it doesn't, well, there's more work to be done before it does. No, no shame in that. No shame. No judgment. Shame. Okay. No judgment from us. Exactly. Right. <laughs> now, look. I wanna. I wanna thank you so much for your time today, and I wanna thank the audience for sticking with us. And until next time, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this exploration of personal transformation. Your presence and engagement are at the heart of what we do and I sincerely appreciate you, your time and thirst for knowledge, inspiration and empowerment. Please consider showing your support by hitting like, subscribe, leaving a comment or writing a review. Your engagement not only fuels our mission but also helps others discover these insights. For more daily guidance and personal transformation across the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical realms, be sure to visit our website at UnleashThyself.com. You can also find us on Instagram at unleashthyselftoday, Today, TikTok and YouTube at unleashthyself, and there we post daily content designed to inspire and empower you on your journey. If you have any specific thoughts, questions, or feedback, I truly totally value your input. Or, if you'd like to have a conversation with me, or work with me, please feel free to email me directly at constantine.unleashthyself.com. At I would love to hear from you. Together, we're building a community united in authenticity and purpose. Once again, thank you for being a part of this movement. Until next time continue to embrace your true self and live a life on purpose, with purpose. See you in the next episode.